Uh, thanks for that uh, song choice. Rest in peace to the great Eddie Van Halen, one of the great guitarists of our time. But what's up, everybody? This is the Rye Pod. Ryan Wilson's back. Solomia is back. In the, we're both in the closet. Say hello. Hello. And another special guest on this week's podcast. Joining us, one of my great acapella buddies, a avid Virginia Tech Hokies and sadly an Atlanta Falcons fan for this, uh, like this week is not a great week to be a fan of the teams that Jared Rogers roots for. Jared, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I've we fired our coach, <laughs> we fired our GM. Everything is looking up for us to be the number one pick in this draft. Well, there I you... think everything is great. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. So we'll get started there. Um, so week five of the NFL, Falcons lose to the Panthers to fall to zero and five. They fire Dan Quinn, the head coach, and the GM Thomas Dimitrov. So, Jared, just you seem pretty excited about it just now, but what is your what was your first reaction to hearing that the GM and the coach of the Atlanta Falcons fired after five games? I, I you know, to be quite honest with you, I'm shocked it took the Carolina Panthers to do it. Um, you know, out of all the teams that I think we struggled against, I, I don't know what I guess just finally losing to I guess a semi bad team was enough for them to really pull the plug, but you know, initially, I had been looking for Dan Quinn to be removed from his job for a little while. A lot of Falcons fans have. Um, Dan Quinn is not the only problem of this team. Mm. There is a lot of defensive holes that need to be filled. Um, we have literally, like, no corner depth whatsoever. <laughs> um, it's, you know, it's it's not going to be a magic fix. But I did think that for the sake of Matt Ryan's career and for the sake of, you know, our sanity... I think it was just better for us to go in a different direction. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured the home divisional loss to, to fall to 0-5 where he didn't look particularly impressive was enough for Arthur Blank to say, that's enough, these players need a new voice. And you were telling um, us as a group um, when you heard that he got fired that the players were not happy about it. What what? What would you what would you tell those players that like, you know, to make them say, like, look, we're gonna go in a new direction. We maybe we'll win some games in the future. Uh look, this team's not gonna be winning the NFC South. Uh that's not good. The <laughs> NFC South is a is a subpar division this year. It's winnable. I don't I don't know how in the world the Saints have been so poor, but this if there was a year for us to ta- to kind of capitalize on other people's mistakes. I mean, this was the year. And so, uh, you know, in, in that sort of thing, what I would tell players is, look, you, you've been under Dan Quinn for a while. You've been average for a while. Um, you, you were the laughing stock of the league a few years back when you blew the Super Bowl. And look, at the end of the day, no one cares that you made it there. All they care about is that you lost it. So, you know, if you want to make it back to that Super Bowl, you've got to get a new coach that's going to lead you in a different direction. Um, you've got to have somebody that's more of a leader on both sides of the ball. I've never been a guy that loves, quote-unquote, defensive-minded coaches. Hmm. I don't necessarily think they work out in the long run. Hmm. I, I can't really think of all too many that I've enjoyed watching. Um, so, I, you know, I think... With the way this team is built, I think an offensive-minded coach is going to have to be the way that it goes for the future. But, you know, I just tell those players to sit tight and see what happens. Otherwise, you're going to be enjoying the number one pick in the draft here in about six months. 
Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. Um, Solomia, you vividly remember the Falcons collapse in the Super Bowl. You picked the Falcons to win. I did. Um, do you think that that... Unlike you. I know, I was right. <laughs> but do you think that... Solomia, do you think that that Super Bowl loss has lingered this much? Yes. And that this has gotten to that point? What do you think has happened in the last four years that's gotten them to this point? I just think it's a hard thing to recover from. I think you're constantly second-guessing what you're doing because you think, oh my gosh, it's going to happen again. I'm going to do it again. And unfortunately, they, they did do that again. Not in the Super Bowl, but recently in a game. couple games. couple games. So I think that just kind of haunts them, and they haven't gotten over it. And they need some fresh new coach, fresh mm-hmm. new GM to get them yeah. out of this weird funk. Yeah. So then let's stay on the coaches, Jared. Who would you want to come in? Uh, well, the person I want to come in, I don't think will. Uh, I think Eric Bieniemy ends mm. up in Houston. Yeah. Um, I think that's just kind of written in the stars at this point. I think Houston pays him big time to get out of Kansas City yeah. um, to have their own version of Mahomes. Um, I I actually wouldn't mind Arthur Smith, I believe his last name is, the yes. offensive coordinator from the Titans. Mm. He's not been bad. Um, I, I really don't want to hire in-house uh, which has been kind of one of the rumors of what's going to happen. Um, I don't trust that whatsoever. If it's Dirk Cutter, I am going to uh, you should flip my lid. Recuse um, your fandom. That's disgusting. And then there was a rumor that Sarkeesian could be back in the mix again. And I'm like, what in the world? Like, any of those options, I'm not game. I, I really would like to go with one of these new promising mm-hmm. OCs at a, at a place that, I mean, if you're taking Ryan Tannehill, I mean, with all due respect, I know Wood jokes about it sometimes when, you know, whenever he's on the pod, but, you know, if you can take Ryan Tannehill and turn him into a good quarterback <laughs> with your teams, then I want you to coach my team. Like, mm-hmm. that's, Oh, absolutely. Yes, so that's for certain. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, um, there's been lots of talk recently about, get Matt Ryan out of this situation. If you're tanking for the number one pick, you know, the the kid in Clemson's going to go there. And then Matt Ryan is 35, 36 years old. I can't think of it off the top of my head, but he's getting up there. But maybe you trade him to a team that thinks they're a quarterback away. Um, what is your whole take? Because I know you're a big, um, you're a big um, Matt Ryan fan, at least since he's been in the NFL. Because yeah. Boston College days were not fun for us VT fans. But... Well, um, what do you think of the whole Matt Ryan situation? So should you deal him? Should you try to keep him? Because he's got a lot of money left on this deal. Well, I mean, I think right now, I mean, obviously you let him play. There were some people today talking about trading him before the deadline, and I was like, that's just absurd. Like, Yeah, no, you don't I want think Matt that point, coming in. You know. I think at that point what their point was is that guarantees you the number one spot. But the problem is you can't be really guaranteed of the number one spot anymore like there's just stupid games that you'll end up winning along the way yeah um so i I think i I definitely would ride it out this year but if you know i have him in fantasy and i know this is going to be kind of a dumb barometer for it but i i have him in fantasy and last week i think he had a hundred and like 40 passing yards gross and no touchdowns like at the end of the day that's not going to win games like that's not matt ryan that we remember and Honestly, his numbers have been kind of all over the place this year. So, you know, I would I would probably deal him at the end of the year. Not cheap. Um, probably the team that takes him may even take on his contract. I'm not even sure how that would work. Um, 
But, you know, I think I think it would have to be a team that thinks that they can win immediately with the addition of Matt Ryan. Like, it has to be a team that says, if we add Matt Ryan, we're going to win at least our conference. <laughs> so the, No, the biggest team that comes to mind is his former OC that made him the MVP. The yeah. San Francisco 49ers mm-hmm. are the team that comes to mind because they benched, for what it's worth, they benched Jimmy Garoppolo last week. Maybe he was hurt. Maybe it was his bad play, but if Kyle Shanahan thinks Jimmy G is not his guy, and they have a roster that's built to win right now. I mean, they were in the Super Bowl a year ago, so I think the 49ers could be a team to watch out for. I don't really know any other fit because the Colts the Colts are also a quarterback away, but they don't want a... Uh, Matt Ryan's not the most mobile guy. I don't think they want a immobile pocket quarterback at his age to try and win a Super Bowl now. So. Also, maybe Cowboys? The Cowboys, maybe, if the Dak thing doesn't work out. They are built to win right now. I don't think Jared or I could stomach Matt Ryan in a Cowboys jersey, though. That would be just too... No. That, no. that wouldn't be very good. So yeah, Washington football? No, they're not a quarterback away. Stop no, this. No, they're not a quarterback away. No. But they do need a quarterback. Well, they according do. to We're, Romero, I'm getting they need to. A... I'm getting to that. We'll get to it. <laughs> But yeah, that that kind of puts a cap on the whole the the all Falcons talk. They're they're playing now for draft positioning, I guess. At this point, I I mean, I I would they're three games back of the lead in the division. But I mean, I don't know how realistic do you think that they even push for a playoff spot at this point, Jared? I don't think it's very oh, high. No, not at all. Okay, I didn't want to I didn't want to go to there yet. <laughs> the last time they had a number one draft pick, they used it on a pretty good guy. So uh, go. well, at least on a good player. Yeah. Uh, then eventually that went all downhill. But, yeah. You know, well, you know, at least for the start, it was good. He was so. great, and then he had the incident, did his time, and he was good again. But you know, that's besides yeah. the point. All yeah. right, so that caps the Falcons talk. Let's talk about. Uh, let's talk a little about Washington. Um, the Kyle Allen show lasted little less than a half, and then Alex Smith made his triumphant return into the ball game. I was about to go to work on Sunday, and they they turned the game off. The game was on red zone, mm-hmm. and we saw Kyle Allen get hit. And even Solomia was like, "Ryan, don't go yet. You need to watch Alex Smith in this game." Yep. And I and I did, and I said right there, the first snap he took, he wins comeback player of the year, no and they should rename question. the award after him. Yep. So, first Solomia, what was it like to finally? Because you watched the game where his leg snapped. What was it like to see him back on the field? It just almost unbelievable mm. because knowing, especially after seeing that documentary of yeah. what he went through, like I kind of got it before then. Like I was like, okay, obviously bad break, obviously detrimental, but I didn't realize all the other complications he went through of like the infection and needing to cut away literally parts of his leg in order to, for him to survive. Um, and then how he even questioned just amputating because it was such a hassle to, for, in terms of uh, physical therapy um, and to see him go through all of that and then still be able to play a snap of football, it's just so inspirational. 100%. Jared, what was your reaction to seeing Alex Smith on the football field for the first time in almost two years now? Oh, I just couldn't even believe it. I mean, I, I looked, I was actually just wa- lo- kind of looking at something else. I was kind of watching my fantasy team, and then all of a sudden I looked up and there was Alex Smith walking out <laughs> on the field, and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I was like, this is... <laughs> I just, I just couldn't believe it. It's a great story. It's a fantastic story. It was cool that his family was there, too. Yeah. Um, they were in attendance for the game, which was just really neat to kind of have that moment. Um, 
in terms of the future. We'll see yeah. kind of how he yeah. goes from there. But uh, you know, just to have him out on the field, if nothing else, it was it was a pretty cool return. So yeah, it was it was really nice to see that moment. But the game was a total wreck. They looked <laughs> awful on defense and offense. I mean, just wide open seams for Jared Goff yeah. and the Rams, who you know. Credit McVeigh, I guess it, it was kind of the revenge game, his, his first trip back to D.C. since he willingly took a job. I don't know why everyone's calling it a revenge game. You know, we didn't fire him. He willingly left and took the Rams head coaching job. Yeah. But he dialed up a great game plan in this wide open receivers. And then the offense, love Alex, but he couldn't move the ball. He looked too rusty. He looked like he hadn't played football in two years. So yeah. I think, I think, it's smart to have, obviously, it's smart to have Kyle Allen start next week. He was medically cleared to play. Yes, it was only like four drives. He didn't look terrible. He didn't. They didn't turn the ball over. He ran for a touchdown. He looked mobile. But I mean, you got to start winning some games here to validate this move. To mm-hmm. have Haskins be inactive. I mean, and he wasn't even at the game on Sunday. He yeah. was sick. He's still sick today. Apparently, he wasn't at practice today. And this is Wednesday recording this is the first day of practices for the week. He was not there. Apparently, he's still sick. I made a joke earlier that he has the world's worst stomach flu. You know, for five days, you shouldn't be this sick. But, you know, you got to we'll get to the picks later on in the podcast. But you've got to beat the Giants if you even should even stick with Kyle Allen. And then if Kyle struggles, but maybe the division is still in range. Maybe you throw Alex in there for the final seven game stretch or whatever it is to see what he's got. You know, he because last time he started full time, the then Redskins were six and three, leading the division. So, I think that's your if if they're they're one and four now. If you're two and eight by the time this stretch happens, I think you put as much pride as you got to swallow. Ron Rivera, you throw Dwayne back in there mm-hmm. to see if he's the guy of the future. Even though Ron clearly doesn't think that mm-hmm. now, but I mean it's a lost season, and I don't want to see Kyle Allen throwing three picks a game in a lost season. Yeah. So, so Jared, where do you think like the future with the Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Dwayne Haskins quarterback conundrum that Washington's in right now? Uh, I think honestly, for the rest of the year, you uh, you ride with uh, you ride with Kyle Allen. I think mm. you keep. I think you keep Alex Smith as a backup. I have a very interesting destination for Dwayne Haskins that. Um, you know, is a little bit odd, a little bit out there. Um, but you know, in terms of, in terms of looking at the team, I think you just ride it out with one of those weaker quarterbacks. Um, I, I said in, in the group me today, um, no matter what happens, I wouldn't draft a quarterback next year if I were you all, unless his name ends with Lawrence. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the problem is, is that next year, more than likely they're going to draft probably Trey Lance or somebody like that. I which, don't want Trey Lance. You know, at I the really end of the don't. day, you, if you take him, you take him, and you you better hope that he works out. I mean, you know, it could end up in a in a Justin Herbert situation where, which I know that still kind of cats up a bag on that one still, but yeah, you know, you could end up in a situation where you luck into a guy that plays well in the pros, and you know, that's that's the kind of gamble you take. But if I were them, I would build up the rest of this team first. I mean, we can talk, you know, the Washington football team all day long, but when it comes to quarterback play that's not your all's problem no the, the problem is the corner play the wide, wide receivers, receivers tight ends the tight end group i mean 
I mean, even your running back group Linebackers. Offensive line. I mean, everywhere, except for the court. I mean, even the quarterback itself, yeah, sure. But we can't just keep pretending. I think the ghost of RG3 days is kind of lingering over Mm -hmm. this team where ever since then it's about finding the right person, that quarterback, to solve all the problems of the team. And you, you can't bank on that. Like I've seen it firsthand with teams before, where you can't you can't try to go into each season hoping that your subpar weapons are gonna make this quarterback look amazing. I mean, Steven Sims is not gonna make Kyle nope. Allen nope. look like an MVP candidate. I Get mean, on he's the not. Field. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I mean, that's the basically I've been seeing that with the Browns for the last like decade. That's yeah. how the Browns have been playing the game, and now they stopped finally. But they have a grown adult as a head coach that helps. Yeah, well, uh, they had well, they were building the team even last year. The team was built right. well, it just wasn't coached well. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I was. I've been saying you got a lot of money in free agency. Get the biggest name wide receiver out there. Mm-hmm. Maybe get the second best corner out there. Offensive mm-hmm. line, and then you there. draft. It's a good offensive line draft. Mm-hmm. It's yep, it's, it's, it a, it's a really good offensive line draft. You get a left tackle ASAP. Yeah. I mean, if you honestly, I don't know how you guys didn't think about that in the first. I mean, if you lost your amazing quarterback because of a sack, you would think that the first thing well, you go is hmm, maybe. Well, we you know fix what happened. The, the Trent Williams didn't report last oh, year, true. so that did kind of. Then we ended up trading him finally. Not you know when his value was high. Thanks, Bruce Allen, you yeah. jerk. Um, also, like, he's gone now. So yeah, that's true. So, also, it's a new like, era. With the new Rivera. What's this? Fa- well, Alex Smith getting sacked how many times? He got sacked six six times on six Sunday. Six times. I mean, you would think this offensive line would be like, "Hell's no, you're not going to." Aaron touch Donald my broken. Court, Aaron Donald climbed on his back. Yeah. Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, they were so. I mean, you could tell that these defensive guys were trying to be careful, but also yeah. offensive line. Why are the you offensive line is a bit? It's, it's abysmal. M- Morgan Moses is, is trash. Um, they were moving. I think Schweitzer played right guard because Sheriff is hurt. That was and, so bad. You know, Wes Martin is literally the probably the worst guard in the league, and Jerron Christian is a total bust of a third round pick at left tackle. It's it's an abysmal offensive line. Yeah. This rivals the Bengals' offensive line right now. It's probably worse. Yeah. So you Actually, know, yeah. there is a lot of problems like I mentioned. So we won't dive deep into that anymore. But last NFL topic we want to get to is. While one quarterback magically came back from a significantly injury, another quarterback goes down with a probably with a very bad injury as well. Dak Prescott, ankle totally dislocated, compound fracture and a hit against the Giants. He's out for the season. Recovery is about four to six months. A lot to unpack. He's got a contract situation. Dallas is leading the division. So, Jared, we'll go to the contract first. How much do you think this injury impacts the contract talks? <laughs> I'm just laughing at the phrase, Dallas leads the division. They do. <laughs> at two and Congratulations. Three. You are on top of all the trash. <laughs> um, you know, I, to be quite honest with you, this is where my kind of silly situation comes into play. Dak's got to, you know, if he came back, you know, all that bargaining power that really you had about, I don't even know, about a week ago, really, Yes, is now gone, you know? I mean, now you've got injury history. It's like getting in a car, you know what I mean? The minute that you wreck your car, I mean, you're talking about a huge history that comes with it. So, I mean, 
Now, does Jerry Jones have the emotional attachment? Will that come back to haunt Jerry Jones, where he's going to have this emotional attachment to a guy and hold on to him despite him never really being what he needs to be? Like, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's the curious thing for me. And it actually connects kind of to our last thing, because my idea is actually to bring in Dwayne Haskins mm-hmm. to the Cowboys. Interesting. Um, because, I mean, the, the Cowboys signed Blaine Gabbert today, which I'm like... Did they really? I think so. I totally I did. That's it. Wow. Or, no, Garrett Gilbert. Garrett Gilbert. Both, oh, yes. They sound very much the same. But they, they signed Garrett Gilbert, and I'm like, Dwayne Haskins is probably better than Garrett Gilbert. And, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's close. It's close. Yeah, it's close. He, but he's probably if better. You want, if you want to allow Andy Dalton to play and then maybe allow Dwayne a situation to sit behind somebody, it's an interesting kind of idea. But in you know, in fairness to, to Dak, it's a terrible, I mean, gosh, I can't even imagine. I mean, you know, he had tears in his eyes. It was just a terrible you, situation. You but. could see as soon as he hit the ground, he, he like, lifted his leg up. So oh, saying, what I is that? And, like, pointing at it. And you could see all the nope. Giants players pointing, like, get this man yep. help. Yeah. You know, so. So, I mean, I, if, say, two months ago he gets his mega deal, this is a completely different conversation we're having because now yep. they're locked in. So, you know, as awful as this sounds, I mean, it makes Jerry Jones kind of look pretty smart right now because <laughs> he's not getting locked into that. But we'll see where it goes. Yeah. So, I mean, what was your reaction to just the, the gruesome nature of the injury? I know you saw replays of yeah, it. Yeah, it just, oy, it did not look great. Um, a little surprised that he... He's been because he's been because like he's been so durable for the four yeah. years he's been the starter. He's never missed a game. I mean, it happens. It's also really eerie that the first day that Alex Smith is back on the field, that gets this awful injury. Yeah. I mean, not not saying that it isn't bad, but not nearly as bad as Alex Smith. No, because Alex Smith is no. career ending usually. <laughs> so can't, Except can't for say now. <laughs> um, but I can't imagine how long it's going to take him to recover. And I think I told you, I was talking to you about it, how with his, in terms of his deal, I mean, on the one hand, yeah, Jerry Jones kind of worked out. But on the other hand, you got to pay him something. You otherwise, him something. you look like the worst owner on the yeah. planet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think, I, I don't think they like totally release him. I think he at least gets franchised next year. Yeah. Because this, just, yeah, yeah. It helped. whether it's a five-year deal coming for him or you not, you gotta do it as I'm a nice sure. thing. Just like Alex Smith, like thank goodness he had he that got deal. his big deal that year. So because yep. that's a nice thing to do yep. for Alex. Okay. Smith. Our dog is very curious about tonight's podcast. He is walking around, sniffing the mic, doing a bunch of stuff. <laughs> what are you doing there, Bubba? All right, yeah, good. All right, we were gonna move on from NFL, but Solomon wants to gloat. Browns are four and one. Just go. The Browns are four in one. I have never seen them be four in one in my <laughs> lifetime. So this is an exciting time. I mean, last week I was telling my sister that we're three in one, and I told her, like, you weren't even alive yet when we were, the last time we were three in one. I was, but she wasn't because it was like 2001. But now it's even better. Now. And on top of that, Baker is now, def- uh, is now the most, has won more games than, uh, the other current quarterbacks to have won more games. Why at are you home. proud of that? That well, is incredibly sad. Well, it's sad that it was Ben Roethlisberger, but it's good that that's over now. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Yeah, and maybe when they, maybe if they grown. go five and one this week, your parents will have never seen it before. It's just a generation I, just keeps just skipping. Keeps getting. Actually, no, I think they've seen. Them they've seen five, five and one. one. Okay. I think they have, but. It's a great time to be a Cleveland Browns fan. Jared, are the Browns good or not? Well, they're four and one. But are they good? I don't know if I'll call them. I don't know if I'll call them good, but they're four and one. Philip you Rivers. Them, some, how about good, not great? Yeah, because let me name some other teams that are kind of in the same realm of win loss. The Chicago Bears <laughs> are four and one. Yeah. The uh, you know the Las Vegas Raiders are three, three and two. two. There, and they really shouldn't be anywhere near sniffing four and one at this point. No. The Pittsburgh Steelers this year are somehow four and zero to start the season. Eh, easy with, schedule. Easy schedule. Well, with a very easy schedule. Very so, easy schedule. So uh, you know, I, I I won't say that they're bad. <laughs> I, I, you won't hear me saying that this year. I did last year, and the year before that, and the year before that. You called it. Er, the, you you called it early last year that they weren't going to be very good, mm-hmm. and like well. It, it takes time to build chemistry. I think all of a sudden, you know, you, you do something like, you know, they they were featured in ESPN the magazine last year, I think, was the big yeah. feature. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like Odell back, yeah. Jarvis, and it was like, here's the mega team, like the next super team. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I was like, that's coming for a bad season. So I think now you finally get an Odell who screwed his kind of head on. He's noticing yeah. how to play the position a little bit better this year mm-hmm. for what the Browns need. Stefanski's definitely your guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you finally found somebody that, at least for now, is proving that he's competent. Um, I, I don't know if I'm still sold on Baker Mayfield yet, but that's, I guess, for another, you know, that's discussion's a, worth. That's a big fifth-year option decision coming for the team this, mm-hmm. this offseason. Yeah. That's a big... Tell me you're going to say something. Um, I was just going to say that it, I think with Baker, it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out. Yeah. I was very impressed to see him play. He played a good game. Colts. He played a good game. Last I mean, game. they did not run the ball nearly as much as they usually do. They didn't run it as well. They ran it like. Well, they tried, the but, stats, but also that's my other point is with Stefanski, we, everyone was saying, oh, he, his offense, he runs the ball. That's what he does. Yeah, you just I need mean, to make sure you defend that, right? That was what everyone said. Like, the Colts, they're going to defend that. They're going to kill the Browns. And we saw Stefanski adapt and say, hell no, I'm not going to run the ball. I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to throw the ball. And it worked. It worked. And um, I think, and this is some of the big reasons that uh, you he- I heard from front office saying why they hired Stefanski was they were impressed with his game plan. He came and he showed them super detailed plans for how he was going to tackle a game. When he gets in a rhythm play calling wise, Mm -hmm. it's really good. Yep. Like I saw it in Minnesota a lot and this year I've seen it like they played Washington, they played Dallas. When he gets in a rhythm and play calling, it's hard to stop. And I think yep. that's that's really important. So, yep. all right, we'll move on from the NFL. And oh, what? Baker what? playing through his injury. He's, I felt he was, he was a very at the end of the game. He, he did say a very funny thing in his Mama interview. ain't raised no wuss. Yep, because he couldn't say. Well, when <laughs> Bud Dupree and TJ Watt are coming at you from two sides, we'll see how much of a wuss you are. You know what? Yeah. Okay. We'll see. We'll get to that in our picks later tonight, but let's go. Let's get sad again. Virginia Tech. Um, I I don't know what to say. You get you get you get fifty six hung on you. None defensive touchdowns, by the way. None really short fields. You know, it was methodical. 
beatdown on the defensive side. They lost 56-45 to to North Carolina, who has normally been our ACC punching bag. Now they punched us in the neck. Jared, how brutal was it to, for you to watch that? The, first, the defensive performance on Saturday. Um, I, I don't know if I would be as dramatic as you are with us right now. No, of course not. Um, well, I, I, I guess it's just a different mindset for me. Um, you know, I watch a lot of the Tech Talk Lives, which I, if anyone is listening that is a avid Virginia Tech fan, I heavily encourage you to listen to those. It's good. Um, those have been fantastic in terms of kind of seeing what is going on inside Fuente's mind on a weekly basis. Um, and, and he talked about it this week, and I'm looking here at our depth chart, and I'm looking kind of at the names that are on here. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm looking at this website here, and let's see. One, two, three, four, five of the players that played on Saturday are not listed on the two deep Jeez. in this depth chart. Good God. We had walk-ons playing. We had guys playing not even their positions, really. We had guys that were, you know, coming back from being gone. This this defense is not the, you know, greatest defense of all time. It's bad. But, but at the same time, this is not the starting defense of the Virginia Tech Oakies. And so until I see the defense that is this first list of Reed, Crawford, um, you know, Pollard, Hewitt, Belmar, Hollyfield, Ashby, Waller, so on and so forth, I don't know how much of a fair assessment I can make of the defense. The tackling was poor. I'm not going to pretend like it wasn't. But when you have a kid who's a walk-on, and I actually think it was the worst thing ever that that Matheny kid had such a good game last week. I agree. Because people were like, well, what the heck? He played so bad against UNC. I said, UNC is now ranked. Now, whatever you want to say about rankings is fine. But, but... They're, they're ranked high, right? Yeah. If you're a walk-on player, do you really expect a walk-on to play well against a ranked team? No. No. <laughs> no. Well, no. And he plays one of the most important positions on the defense. So, yeah. I, I, we had 56 hung on us. There's no doubt about that, that that needs to get better. But we also scored quite a bit. I, yeah, I was, I was getting to that. The offense looks good, but... The defense is allowed to not give up 56 points. I don't care who you're playing. Like uh, that that's a little ridiculous. And you can't give sure. up four you can't give up 400 yards rushing. That means they were tougher than us. That's that's about heart. That's about stopping the run is about want to and will. Sure. They did not do that. But yeah, let's go to the good stuff. The offense was really good, specifically when yeah. um Hendon Hooker made a season debut. Should have been earlier, but I I do not want to hear people saying that if Hendon started the whole game, we would have won. That is not true. The def- He's not fixing the tackling issue that was on Saturday. But no. it is it is good to see that against North Carolina's really good run defense, we got 260 yards rushing. What? So if there is some positives we could take away, Jared, what would you take away offensively? What have you seen different this year that we haven't seen in Fuente teams in years past? I kept telling everybody, wait on all of these recruits. You needed to wait on these guys, these O-line guys. Everybody kept questioning for years. I mean, trust me, I heard it all the time. Why are we taking so many offensive linemen? Where's all the wide receivers? Where's this? Why do we have five running backs now? Um, 
we have five running backs because of the fact that, uh, let's see, one of them is still somewhat hurt. Um, another one is hurt and out. Yeah. Another one is coming off of an injury from last year. And the last one is the one that some people are calling a sleepy Heisman candidate. So <laughs> yeah. um, that's why you have five running backs in the room, because you never know when you're going to use them. Um, this offensive line has been fantastic. Great. They're, the, even the two deep, I would call a starting Virginia Tech offensive line. That's how good this team is. Mm-hmm. I would put Tyrell Smith, Austin Cannon, Zachariah Hoyt, yes, even this year. Brian maybe Hudson, not at maybe not at center, but no, but on right the right guard, he'd be good. Yeah, sure. And Silas <laughs> DeZanzi, I would put all those guys out there immediately, and they're the they're the two D. Yeah. So, I mean, this team is good. It's you know, James Mitchell is a star. Yep. Nick Gallo's another guy that's getting better each week. I wish we could just get wide receivers back from injury. Man, if we could get some guys like Changa Hodge to be healthy, mm. Evan Ferris to get out there consistently, um, you know, that that would really be a game changer for us. But um, quarterback play, Burmeister is sup- something. Um, uh, Hennon Hooker, Hennon Hooker is, is what we expected him to be. Um, and we'll talk more about, obviously, this week with that. But overall, the offense is in a good spot. So... I would say no. Burmeister did not. He never set the world on fire in any of his three starts. No. I'm not going to no. go that he's been bad. I don't think he's been. He he had the one bad interception last week, uh, and he he only completed uh. seven of fifteen passes. But I'm not going to go bad. Hendon is just better than he is, and that's okay. Yeah. Hendon runs yeah. the offense. He's more crisp. He's. I mean, they're not. Neither of them are aces throwing the football, but Hendon's got more. He throws more of a catchable football. And you know when you're, and the game plan at least against Duke for Braxton was kind of weird. It was just throw it up, and you know either Trey or Tavion will come down with it, and it only happened like forty percent of the time. We only threw twenty nine passes last week and completed fifteen of them. You know that's not not a great accuracy number you want for the quarterbacks when you're throwing thirty passes a game. But Solomia has been on this Fuente thing. Um, I don't think you, you can't really blame this loss on Fuente because of the because the COVID situation and a lot of guys were still out. She's rolling her eyes at me now. But tell everyone, I don't know if you've said it on this podcast much, what is your Fuente take so Jared can listen and maybe he can roast you after? I've been on this uh, bandwagon of hashtag fire Fuente Jeez. for a while oh. now. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Come right out with it. Yep. Um, I've just never been a fan. I did not really like the hire in the first place, but I decided to give him a chance. I honestly think he was... Where, okay, wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Where did he coach before? Do you honestly know that answer? Yes, but I'm forgetting the name of the school because I have not really been paying attention to college football this season. But I did know. Memphis is the answer. That's, Keep going. Yeah, I knew it was Tennessee. Keep going with this ridiculous anyway, take. the point is that, um, what... I was thinking was that, and the reason why I didn't like the right because I didn't like him as a hire because he came from such a small school. I understand it's not that a small a, school, but I just didn't think that that was the kind of coach you needed. It just mm. didn't make sense to me. You had an established program. You weren't. You didn't need someone to come and like build your program. It was built. It was great. Beamer left it in 
fairly good shape. Mm. Yes, he probably should have retired a few years earlier. I'm sure, you know, battling being sick and stuff probably wasn't the best idea. But, you know, whatever. Bygones are bygones. So, he... I think Veeamer left him a decent team. He left him an established program with great recruiting. And Fuente just went and just completely destroyed it. I mean, we have players now that you guys are so excited. Look at this five-star recruit we get. And I'm like, (laughs) Five-star recruits, that's funny. Four-star recruit we got. And I'm like, he's going to leave you next year. And then you're like, no, he's not going to. He's going to stick around. He's going to stay. He's definitely going to sign with us. And then next, what happens next year? He decides to change his mind and go somewhere else. And I feel like this has been the story of the last few years with Fuente. And also, every time, it's just these average seasons where you're sure maybe you win, you make it into the... Maybe you make it into the Coastal. But sometimes you don't, and then it's just nothing. You're never playoff contenders. There's just... Yeah. I'm disappointed. Jared, just go. Alrighty, where do you want me to start? Just wherever you I mean, feel so is necessary. Wherever so you feel is necessary. Friends. So many different places. To I wouldn't. Start. Enter- I um, wouldn't entertain half of what she said. I don't. I, I'm going to be quite honest. I think the biggest. I think the biggest sort of hole I see in that argument is the fact that, in terms of Fuente's tenure, it has always been based on his quarterback play. Right. It has nothing to do with recruit. I, I don't know when this sort of fascination with recruiting classes really became a big thing. Um, Back in the days of when Beamer was getting solid recruiting classes, you know, these these five-star kids, it was coming off of seasons of winning the ACC championship year in and year out, all right? People need to realize we're not Clemson, okay? That's just, you're at a point right now where that's not the case. You're not Clemson. you got to find some kid that's a diamond in the rough type kid that's going to take your program and make it somebody that can beat Clemson. That's the only way to dethrone them right now that's it okay yeah no one so when it comes yeah, no one kids, no one in the country is clemson at this point and so when you have a kid all right let me throw a name out there when you have a kid like demetrius davis the kid out of north shore high school mm. in texas who commits it in um the early part of this year and then covid hits and then all of a sudden it's kind of weird for a little while and then out of the blue it seems like all of a sudden he goes to auburn okay are you going to put that on Fuente for the fact that it was seriously just more of a Twitter recruiting cycle? No. Because, yeah, this is you. I'm I not mean, blaming this season on Fuente. I'm saying, like, past seasons. Where that's, there was that's no the past. But that's the same cycle of recruiting that's been for the last five years. It's been, it's been a Twitter-based recruiting cycle where one bad group of fans on Twitter can send a kid from... Virginia Tech to North Carolina at the drop of a tweet. And if I'm going to call out anybody, I'm going to call out the traditionalist fan base people on Twitter who are literally running this program into the ground. And I see it on a consistent basis by talking to these kids like they're somebody like amazing, amazing, amazing. And then the minute that they decide to go elsewhere, they go on Twitter and go on a firestorm. Yeah, That's the problem that we're running into. You're, you're running into a very toxic recruiting culture in terms of Twitter, in terms of 
what's going on now. Have they not been able to seal the deal on some Virginia kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's that's happening. Okay. But those Virginia kids are not going to App State. Okay. They're going to places that are actually contending for their championships in their respective conferences. Okay? Some of them are going to Maryland. So, well, which is not a contender, in my opinion. No, but no, but the kids that are going to Maryland are also not superstars. So, I mean, at the same regard, that's kind of what we're dealing with here. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm kind of noticing from afar. I, I have always been somebody in terms of Fuente who has been, you know, I, he was bad last year. And I, I came out at the end of last year and said, 2020 is the prove me year for, for Fuente. Okay. I gave him the benefit of the doubt in the first couple of years with recruiting and especially trying to get kind of his footing. And then last year it was bad, and I said, okay, 2020, this is it. You're working with what you got. If you don't do it, then that's fine. And I'll tell you, when you come out this year and you watch things like Tech Talk Live and you watch things like his demeanor on the field, he is having fun again being a coach. It looks like his good days at Memphis. And if that's what I'm getting, then that's what I'm fine with. I also think, though, that he is playing this year knowing that their pressure has been taken off because of COVID. And what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that? I'm saying that, sure, because... So what, what if we finish... What what if, wait, 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 suppo- wait, 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 No, no, no. What games were you supposed to play this season that you are no longer playing? Penn State. Penn State. I'm sorry, that was a huge game, and he was going to lose that game. Probably because they have better players, because they're Penn State. But they're in the Big Ten. Penn State. I think it would have been a blowout there, game, and you there guys are teams, be that. And I've had to eat this, you know, recently. Jared is, you know, yeah. he's, he's right. I've had to eat this. We are not a top... 15 program we're not penn state ohio state alabama why not usc we're not even we're not usc i'm sorry to say it we're not we're, we're not because that's just not the historic that's not what this program has been historically we've made one national championship with michael vick who we you know caught lightning in a bottle for two years he was really yep. good and ever yep. since then it's been we haven't had a good quarterback since i mean tyrod, tyrod yeah i mean yeah. tyrod's been the best quarterback we've had since vick and tyrod wasn't he didn't light the world on fire. So that's just what this program is. I'm, I'm still trying to adjust to it. But, I mean, like, obviously, well, I'm not dawning on the 56 points. That was bad. Bud Foster's gone. Yeah. It's not his defense anymore. We'll talk about sure. Justin. We, we could talk about well, Justin Hamilton. I don't really want to because he disgusts no. me right now. But I'm just saying, like, that's the thing that us Hokie fans, you from afar who listens to Hokie fans like myself and others, need to just get a grip. We're not... Yes, he would have lost to Penn State because they have better players. They have a better coach. They have a better culture. They have better everything. Last year, in the middle of the year, to your Fuente, to Jared's Fuente point about last year, I gave him credit for the hooker switch last year after Willis had played bad. But you also got to know, every year, like for the majority of the year, if you want to say Hendon played the majority of last year, he had a different quarterback here. You had Evans, Jackson, Willis, Hooker. QP, Burmeister this year. Like, it's been a revolving door and he hasn't been able to find the guy, and that's not necessarily his fault. There's a lot of, there's a lot, there's just a lot of factors that go in, and this, this is still the year, and it's not over yet. The two games against Duke and NC State, who are probably bad, didn't seal that, all right, you know, he's fixed it. Let's see, I mean, like, don't beat Clemson. Be in the game with Clemson. Don't lose by, don't be down 40 before you blink. That's my thing with Fuente this year. At least show. You could be on the same field with them. Is is that unfair, Jared? No, no. Okay. And 
I think this past weekend is, is exactly what the difference is between what I've seen in previous years with Fuente and what I'm seeing this year. This game on Saturday that we just played, if Carolina gets in that sort of rhythm, that could have been like the Duke game where we uh-huh. get blown out of the water. That could have been like the Miami game. I don't know, obviously, that was uh, Beamer era on the Thursday night way back when. But, uh, you know, that could have been a, a complete beatdown. That was bad. And, and instead, it wasn't. It was they came a back. They game. It was a shootout game with one of the worst defensive performances I've ever seen, and yet we still lost by eleven. It's right? the, yeah, it's the worst Virginia Tech defensive performance I've ever seen. And I, we lost by eleven. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, we're not getting blown out of the water by a team that right now is sitting. They're better than us. In the rankings, they're better than they are. So. I mean, if you look at all the stats with that, I mean, there's a ton of stats I could just start whipping out. But at the end of the day, that's the big thing that moving forward, I think the big thing is let's see how this week comes out. And I have a a big game this week. Yeah, I have a a big prediction with that. So So then I have this question for the both of you. Okay. Do you want to be that team that is never a contender for the playoffs or... Do you want to be a team, a team, and a school that is thought of every time that the playoffs come into? People start talking about the playoffs. Well, we've got. Well, to... re... Sorry, keep going. You go first, Jared. Let me retort with a question, kind of back to you. Do you think that anybody other than Justin Fuente are going to make us that team? It's a good question. If that that that, me, that we could if hire. You name me a person that would do that immediately. That would... Then my answer will be yes. That would come to Virginia Tech. Like, not like Urban Meyer, who's not coming to Virginia Tech. I do not know college football coaches very well, so I can't tell you that. Of but course. I will say that why wouldn't... Clearly, Fuente isn't. That, what do you mean, clearly? Well, we haven't seen it, right? Okay, yeah. Clearly, he's not going to get It took Nick there. Saban a while. So it took Urban Meyer is, a while. Wait, you hold guys, on. Would you rather have Fuente maybe fumble around with this for another five years and see if you get anywhere but maybe not get anywhere or would you rather cut the cord and just keep looking seeing if you can find someone what's better jared go uh, i mean right now i i hold with the guy that's kept us consistent it's been I mean, good yeah <laughs> let me let me read you so let me let me read you some stats here about, about i just wouldn't take the guy who lost okay, let him let, to read UVA. That's let, all me, let me read some stats about a coach and let me see if you think that he would be working out well in the end Coach X. Right? A coach goes two and nine in his first year. Then in the next year he goes three and eight. Then he goes six, four and one. He goes six and five. He goes five and six. And then he goes two, eight and one. That's his first six years in college football. Guess who that was, Sonia? Guess guess. It's either Sabin no. or it's uh the Clemson. No, coach. no, it's neither. It's a coach you've been praising for Urban the greatest Meyer. culture ever. That was set at Virginia Tech. Oh, it was Frank Beamer. Oh, well, it was Frank yeah. Beamer. But 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 that, that is a completely how? different college culture, football how? culture than it is now. And you have told Why? me this. You have said, and you've told me this multiple times. Beamer came from a culture where you had coaches stay in certain colleges for a very long time, and it wasn't as big of a deal to not win right away. Now it's all about winning right away. That's what matters now. If you don't want to get on that train, then that's fine. But I wanted to know if you guys want to stay in your whole old school, no, we stick with our coach for the next 25 years and we don't care what happens, or 
do you want to be like everybody else and try to win now? I think Jared had more stats to read. <laughs> I think I think the big thing that goes with that is asking the question of, do you truly think that in this modern day and age that coaches are getting removed and added that quickly in winning programs? And yeah, and my my yeah, I I agree with that. I don't know if somebody's going to answer that, but I will say it's it is it has been bad programs that this has happened to. Like Texas right now, they're I'm going to make a prediction. They're going to fire Tom Herman at the end of this year. Yes. Because, um, and that's, Texas has turned into a, not a great, like, they have won national championship in 60 years. Like, it's, it's a long time. They, they, we're, Texas is still in a higher standing than Virginia Tech is, but they, and Michigan, and Notre Dame, think they're this, you know, class act, the, this is the standard of college football when they're not. It's, like, Virginia Tech within the building, and, like, like, the, the hokey guys on Twitter, they're not affiliated with the team. Like, they're not, the, you know, like, Texas, oh, has gosh. The, tw- Texas has the Board of Regents that, you know, calls up, you know, the AD and says, you got to get rid of this guy. Like, they did to Charlie Strong way too early. You know, it's so, they're, that's why I don't think a Fuente move is happening if, like, without a 3-9 and nine season. Like, that's, that's my thing. I think, and you got to give Fuente time, because this is... And like last year was his team, and they fought back and just lost a couple games at the end because dudes were checked out. This year is his team, and besides this defensive stinker they put on last week, they've looked pretty good with so far offensively. With walk-ons, yeah, with walk-ons, with a bunch of COVID guys out. So I that's so. that's where I think this is. I don't think we need to. We're going a little long in the Fuente talk I here. But I just also I'm gonna <sighs> my last point is I don't like how he blames everyone else but himself when, he stopped when that. things he go stopped, wrong. He stopped that. Not much has gone wrong wrong this season. It's been a sh- and it hasn't been that many games. And again, he knows the pressure's off. Well, you could tell like at the end of the when 20, the pressure's at on. At the end, you could tell during the 2018 season the. Six and seven. Ryan Willis was awful season. Those were oh. those dudes were checked out. Half of them transferred. You could tell I mean, there was last a, year. No, that I'm not gonna. He didn't do that last year. It was a couple years ago where he. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. No, it's, it, was whole, it was 2018 where whole, he knew dudes were checked out and didn't want to listen to him anymore, and they all transferred. And there was also the issue of the okay, things we're he go- said about the defensive okay, coordinator. We're, we're, we're going long. We're going long here. No, not Jared that. wanted to get to. We'll quickly say, where do we think this season ends up for VT football, Jared? Eight and four, nine and three. Eight and four, nine and three. Yeah, that's fine. That's where I had them at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, I had chalked and UNC as a loss when we I did too. the schedule last year. I, I mean, did too. <laughs> you got a guy, Sam Howell, that a lot of people are saying another sleepy Heisman candidate. I'm not going to be silly and go and say that I picked Virginia Tech. And, and I know that get. You know, it kind of gets me in trouble with the group me of being a fake fan. But yep. I'm just, you Same know, here. in that sort of situation, it, we suck. it's just being realistic to say we're not better than them right now. That's it. Yeah. I, I knew. I, I'm not going to say I knew we were going to lose this game, but I thought North Carolina at this point, with the with a good coach and really good players, they were better than us at this point. So, Right. Um, yeah, just looking at the schedule real quick. Um, three, I'd say three very losable games, and they're the three of the last four. Uh, Miami Pitt. Yeah, that's a tough stretch. Miami Pitt Clemson is one of the toughest stretches probably in the ACC schedule this year. So yeah. we'll get to those games when we, when we, you know, when the season comes to that point. So 
All right, yeah, that that lasted a little longer than I thought it would. So we'll go ahead and go right to college football picks. Um, we decided on ten as a group um, earlier, but we won't pick all of those. We'll pick the the big ones here. Uh, there's only eh, there's really not that many to pick. Um, Georgia Alabama, if it's I mean I assume it'll still be played because Saban just tested positive for COVID nineteen today. He's meaning he's probably not going to coach. Whether he'll coach, you know. I don't know how that would work, but oh, so Jared, does that affect Alabama's performance Saturday night against um, Georgia, who's got probably the best defense in the country? Um, you know, I, I have a, not a very you know huge knowledge of the of the Bama team this year, but I have seen in the past Bama teams that have been very much so ignited by his passion for the Mm -hmm. game. And I've also seen Bama teams that are hindered by his sort of frustrations with the game. And I'm having a hard time deciding if this COVID for him and, you know, in terms of the football team is a bad thing or a good thing. Because I have this weird feeling that it's actually going to make Bama play a little calmer. And I think that's, I think that's important for Bama I think that's sometimes why they end up overplaying sometimes and lose games. Um, so it could end up being a good thing for them this time around. Yeah, I think Bama's going to roll Georgia because I don't think Georgia can score. I, I I don't think they could score against Alabama's defense. And good in college football now, you, you, you could say defense wins championship. That's, that's not true anymore with the spread offense. A great offense can beat a great defense. Look what LSU did to Clemson in the Natty last year. So yeah. Alabama is going to score. They're going to score 40, probably 30 to 40 on Georgia, and Georgia's not going to be able to keep up. I think Alabama wins comfortably. So, Mia, what do you think? You don't watch much SEC. No. Georgia or Alabama, who wins? Mm, Georgia. What an upset. Wow. Look at you going with Garrett there. Garrett picked Georgia as well. Yeah. So, yeah, all right. yeah uh, that's the only other one we'll pick. So let's go to Boston College at Virginia Tech Saturday night in a very quiet lane stadium because not many people are allowed in there now. Uh, I think Virginia Tech wins, I think, going away. I think it's a well, last week was a wake-up call for the defense. Hopefully we get some starting guys back. Offense still clicks with Hooker playing the full game. Tech rolls by a couple of touchdowns. Solmia will go, and then Jared will give his big analysis at the end. And we go with Virginia Tech. There you go. Now you're back. See, you're back. I I never I never choose against you guys. You to do all win. the time. No, I picked every single game for you guys to win, and then you disappointed me. All right, whatever, Jared. <laughs> let's hear your big take. Oh man, uh, this is boy. I I it, you know honestly, I circled this game when we got the revised schedule because I you know I kind of had high hopes about the UNC game going a certain way, and mm-hmm. maybe if we we pulled that game out. If we pull that game out, this is a completely different analysis. Yeah, flat. Um, I mean, this is this has the makings of a team that could sneak up on us so easily. This this quarterback that Boston College has is a beef, you know, beefcake type guy. He's huge. I mean, he's just yeah. he's he's going to be a problem even for us at this point. He's going to be a problem to tackle. It's going to take the DNs to get the pass rush that they got in the first game to even have a chance to really slow him down. Um, I've watched a lot of tape on him. The biggest thing is you can't over-pursue him. Um, mm. he's, and, you know, someone compared him to Ben Roethlisberger, and I, I'm not calling him 
Ben Roethlisberger, but the play style is so similar. It's if you over pursue him in the pocket, he's going to step up, roll around a little bit, and make a throw. And they've got this kid Flowers, number four, who can birdie on the back end. Um, they're getting their running back back this week, their main running back. Um, so they're going to put points up. Like if people think that we're going to just blank them, I would be oh, very gosh, not with this. Not with this defense. Up. No, I would be. Although we do get Divine Diablo back, Huge. which I think it makes a massive difference. Uh, Connor ends up playing because of the fact that the flag was in the first half of the uh, UNC oh, game. Okay, yeah, good. So I mean, that's that's a benefit, you know, as well. Um, but I think this is a game in the end that, that Tech can control with running the football. Um, they also have some of the slowest linebackers I've ever seen in my life. Oh <laughs> my gosh. There's a kid for them that I have not seen a slower linebacker in ACC play in quite some time. Herbert should um, eat this dude for breakfast. So if, if we're going to have success in this game, it's going to come with running the football to the edge. I, I, I need to see a similar game plan to how we handled NC State. If we can handle Boston College the same way we played NC State, we should play exactly the same way. And I think we pull away and score by about two to three scores. Do you have a score prediction? Um, my final prediction that I'm that I'm have in mind is uh, forty one twenty four. Okay, I would I would I would have said thirty eight twenty four. So sure, about the same. All right, let's breeze through some NFL picks for the last part of it. Um, we'll just go through all the games. Some of them will be quick. Some of them we can talk about if we want to. Uh, Washington at the Giants. I'm going to pick Washington because they really, 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 really need to win this game against an 0-5 Giants team with Daniel Effing-Jones and no Saquon Barkley. So, Lamia, Washington at the Giants. Yeah, I'm going to go with Washington as well. Yeah. Jared? I will lone wolf the Giants. There you go. Yep. Uh, I, I, mean, I just think they looked really good in, honestly, a loss last week. So. You sure? Well, Texans, Titans, little AFC South showdown. Titans looked really good the uh, last night, so I'll go Titans. Texans are just not a very good football team. So let me, it's going to be the same order every time. So sorry. get ready, would you? What is it again? Texans, Titans, listen. Titans. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> I was reading somebody's Instagram story, and I wanted to know the end. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Titans, pretty, cool. pretty well. Although it will be a good game, I think. I think Deshaun, Deshaun keeps the Texans in every game, but sure. the team around him is not very good. Bengals, Colts, speaking of quarterbacks that have no team around them. Uh, I'll take the Colts. They will get to Joe Burrow, uh, make him hurt a little bit. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that defense is way too good for that offensive yep. line. Cool. Come on, Jonathan Taylor. I need you to have a good game. <laughs> there, yes. All right, the new era Falcons going to Minnesota, the site of the week one beatdown from a year ago. I'll take the Vikings again. I just think they're the better football team. They looked pretty good in a Sunday night loss. I, yeah, I think the disruption of firings, it's just going to be weird. They're not going to have their act together quite yet. I'm going to go Vikings. Quick quiz. Does anyone know the new head coach interim right now of the Falcons? <laughs> Raheem Morris. Hey, good yeah. job. Boom. Very good. Four that the- doesn't matter. We still suck. All right, take the Vikings. <laughs> Uh, former Tampa Bay. You have two former Tampa Bay head coaches on your staff. How about that? <laughs> um, the return of the Patriots. Uh, they play the Broncos. Drew Locke is going to be back for this game. If that changes anybody's mind, I'm still taking the Patriots. Cam Newton is also back, and he's really good. So go, yeah. pa- go Patriots. Ah, uh, Patriots. 
Is it in Denver as well? No. Oh, well, that's even better. <laughs> hey, All right. Um, Ravens at the Eagles. This game stinks to me. I'm going to pick the Ravens, but this all this seems like a spot where the Eagles could play well. I'll still take the Ravens, but don't be surprised if the Eagles win this one. No, that's stupid. Okay, Ravens, okay. big, although birds against birds. I like that. <laughs> uh, Rams. Ravens? Oh, Ravens. Yes. <laughs> You're all over it. You know I, I'm really pick. glad you picked a team that's not playing to win that. It's an R <laughs> team of some sort. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Uh, sneaky, probably best game of the week in my opinion. The Browns at the Steelers. Mm, I'm gonna pick the Steelers, oh, which is not gonna be a popular opinion with someone no, in this room with me. You are getting kicked out. Okay, Steelers are a better football team. They're gonna get to Baker Mayfield. They, the, the. Okay, you want some analysis? The Browns are really gonna struggle ro- running the ball, and unlike last week where the Colts where Philip Rivers literally threw the Browns the ball twice. Ben won't do that. The Steelers will score because the Browns' defense is not very good, and the Steelers will win a close one at home. The Browns are angry. From winning? No. They're angry at the Steelers. The Why? The Browns hate the Steelers. That, th- those players do not like the Steelers. This is always a exciting game. Every season, no matter how bad each team is, that is always emotionally charged. It's usually pretty close, no matter what. I'm going to pick my Browns because I am a loyal, true fan who good loves for my you. Browns. No, good and for I you. would love to see us go 5-1. I, I, I give you credit for that. That's good. But um, I, I will say that it's going to be a close game. Okay. Brian, what time is that game? Is it 1 o'clock? On CBS, I'm CBS, imagining. Yes, yes. I will be watching whatever the Fox Channel game is that day. Ouch. That sounds absolutely miserable for me to watch. Ouch. Um, I actually really don't like watching either team. I, I kind of hate watching the Steelers as well. Um, <laughs> I will My my prediction is going to be that it's a big Minka Fitzpatrick day. Ah. And uh, I'll take the Steelers. That's a good, good How one. are you okay, a stop. groomsman? Stop it. <laughs> Bears. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Bears. Bears. At the Panthers, Panthers have won three in a row. They look pretty good. I'm gonna go with the Bears. They've had a longer time to prepare coming off the Thursday night win. I think the defense will stop Teddy Bridgewater. Although I like Teddy, I'll take the Bears in a close game. I'm gonna pick the Bears because to quote the great, <laughs> the great who, Pat McAfee, MVP, <laughs> Nick Foles, BDN. Yes, BDN. All right. Okay. Um, I will give you a name to watch. Mike Davis. Ah. Mike Davis. Give me the Panthers. Wow. Lots of disagreement here on the the. I almost said at the table. We're not at the table. We're on the floor. Oh, this week is a home dog type week for me, by the way. Panthers are favored for what it's worth. Are they? Yes. Wow. That's shocking. I know that. I know. That's why I was, I didn't like it. Um, here's a home dog. Lions take on the Jaguars. I'll take the Lions. Oh. They're a better football team. So, man, same order here. You, I know. Come I'm on, thinking. Get with it. I'm thinking. This is the good God game of the week, by the way. I know. That's why it's hard. Good. Yeah. It, it is. I know. Who'd I'm just again? I picked the Lions. They're a better yeah, team than the Jags. Same. All right. Home dog, Jared. Uh, go with them. Jags. Yeah, there it is. I there we go. Home dog week. There we go. Home dog. 
<laughs> the um, miserable Jets, who just released Le'Veon Bell, going to Miami. Solomia's favorite uh, matchup of the week. I think the Dolphins destroy them. Yes. Agreed. Fins up. Fins up, baby. Oh, 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 another home dog. Packers at the Buccaneers. Tom Brady coming off that loss where he didn't know what down it was because he's a million years old. But Tom Brady defeats Aaron Rodgers. Nope. No? Packers. Ooh. Aaron Rodgers wants to beat the old man. If there's one home dog I'm not taking. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, no, thank you. Not for sure. Jared and I are in agreement. Okay. Another home dog? The Rams at the Niners? I'm taking the Rams, though, because they're better. The 49ers look like they kind of suck. Yeah, that's not so good. The so Rams good. looked really good last week. That's not going so good for no. the 49ers, so I'm also going to go Rams. Did I say this was a home dog week? It It's not necessarily a home dog week. You I'm going with the Rams. Home Partial uh, Yeah, home well, dog. you know, sometimes <laughs> I don't look funny. <laughs> Monday Night Football doubleheader. Oh, why not? Why the hell not? We got two more home dogs on this schedule. The Chiefs at the Bills. I'm going with the home dog Bills. I think they're going to upset the Chiefs, even though it goes against all knowledge of Patrick Mahomes. He never loses two games in a row. It's rare. He does this week. The Bills Mafia in an empty stadium defeats Mahomes and the Chiefs. Same. Really? You're picking the Bills? I am. I am. All in on Josh Allen. Was, I love Josh was, Allen. He was terrible last night. I don't care. I love him. <laughs> Those interceptions didn't count. He's still a zero for the year. And so it's okay. Honestly, with even though like he had technically had extra time to play against the Titans, that was such a weird game. It was game. a weird game. Weird game. I mean, you were told that you weren't going to play. You were going to play. You weren't going to play. Maybe you won't play. You will play. And then you ended up playing. I felt like you, he didn't know what he was going to be doing. All right. Home dog, Jared. Your, your turn. Ah, CC. Very intrigued. <laughs> I don't know how you call that other game the best game of the week. This is easily, I, in my yeah. mind, the best game of the week. Fair enough. Um, uh, you know what's shocking is actually that Josh Allen has the more passing yards uh, than uh, old Patty Mahomes. Um, so I will take the Bills and yes! do a yes! clean sweep of the home dog. Boom! I'm like waving my arm in excitement because that's three home, home dogs. dogs. Three home dogs. home dogs. And then the other home dog, the now wow. Dak Prescottless wow. Dallas Cowboys take on the oh. Arizona Cardinals and Kyler Murray, who I don't think they will stop. I think Kyler Murray scores 40 and they beat the Cowboys. I really hope so because I have him fantasy and also i really need to get rid of matt ryan Ouch. yeah you do Ouch. yeah you do no she does it's no, not, not going wrong. very well for me guys um yes i am agree i also think the cardinals will win uh cardinals win but zeke has a big day yes cardinals oh, yeah. can't stop the run i can see that all right that's all the nfl games that's the monday game there's two Monday games. The Chiefs, uh, Bill, Chiefs Bills. Right. Well, Cardinals Cowboys was the original Monday game, but the Chiefs Bills was moved That's from. That's a weird Monday game. Why? Originally. It's Monday night games are usually weird. Next Monday night's game is. I noticed for, that they've been weird this. Okay, season. ready? Next Monday night's game. Ooh, this is good game. Bears Rams next Monday night. It's a good one. That is another weird one. They're just. I'll keep going. Odd. I'll keep going. Buccaneers Giants. Ooh, ooh, ooh that's that's ugh. awful. Oh, Patriots Jets. The Jets have oh, a Monday night game. Gosh. Let's go. Spare me. Wait, how? How did they get a Monday night game? Vikings Bears after that. I'll just keep going. What did the Jets do last season? Rams Buccaneers. It's the same teams over and over again. I don't understand. Let's see if there's even a good matchup for the rest of the year on Monday Night Football. Seahawks, Eagles, bleh. No. 
No. Oh, uh, nope. Bills 49ers, not a good game anymore. Nope, not, nope. Nope. I'm looking. Ravens-Browns? Yeah, that's probably your best. That's a good one. That's a good one. Week 15 is Steelers-Bengals. Really? So it takes to week 14 to get a good Monday night football game? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Uh, and then Bills. Why I continue my take that Sunday night football is better than Monday night football. It oh, it always is. has been. I, think, I honestly think a lot of times the 425 window game is usually mm-hmm. the best sure. day of the week, except sure. if you're the Giants Cowboys this week. But yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think that. But that usually that Giants Cowboys game wouldn't have been so bad because. Well, yeah, but the Giants are bad. Divisional game. So, yeah. Well. That's the Monday Terrapins next Terrapins watch? Game. When's the Terrapins come back? Oh, they come back next week against oh. Northwestern. Whoa! I totally Let's go. forgot. Place yeah. it down. So, yeah. <laughs> I next forgot week. that was a thing. So on next week's episode, we'll, we'll talk that. about that. We'll talk about Maryland and what they think they could do for the season. Their broken Terrapin the, shells. Yeah, you know, it's fine. And then <laughs> we'll review the hokey game maybe and then we'll be having some turtle soup maybe so <laughs> well we need to go and get some rest because we just got our flu shots today yes so oh. reminder psa oh. go get your flu go shot. get your flu shot especially during this pandemic i think that's important jared any other psas you wish to announce uh n- no okay I-, I got engaged oh yeah that's okay. exciting yeah, yeah, that's exciting. I got engaged. I don't know if this is the right place to, to do that part, but yeah, I got engaged. Hey, that's exciting. Blue shot engagement. I think they all go together. They all go together. <laughs> yep, they all go together. Equal, equal time. <laughs> all right. Well, that was tonight's episode of RyePod. Thanks, Jared, for coming on and uh, jabbering with us. It got a little heated, but it was some yeah, fun yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah. Very enjoyable. So we'll, you guys will hear from us next week. All right.